it is worrying in terms of I thought he was just playing mind games, but I see what he was talking about before the season started. And it is worrying. I, I, I was thinking to myself that Spurs would have a harder time cracking into the top four because you need a lot more than what I initially thought to get into that group. But I think it's going to be Thomas Tuchel on the outside looking in now. Um, mm. He now joins the, 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 the group of Man United. I think now you have to bump Arsenal up in terms of people who are most likely. I mean, yes, the season is long, but so far it started well and you have to be more optimistic about Arsenal's chances than you are about Chelsea's chances. So... There's a lot to do. I mean, if also you look at the fact that they can't score goals, no one on that team, and Broha doesn't even get enough game time, can unlock uh, the defense to score, score a goal. So right now, they should be looking to fix, cement, find a plan, and see how do they hit the back of the, the net because I think it is a little of a worry at this point. I've been here many times before, and I've never been defeated, and still, I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Chuck, after mm-hmm. what feels like forever. I know, I know. We are back recording an episode of Two Up Front. Um, thank you guys for following our journeys elsewhere while we've been out in these streets. But we are back in the studio and we are back um, with an episode for Two Up Front. My name is Jay. What up, Chuck? What's up, Jay? What's up to all our listeners, followers, people that we've been vibing with at all these other events? Um, good to be home. Um, behind the mic and... Not asking people questions for a change and us actually tackling the topics ourselves. Um, let's start off with the transfer window, Jay. Um, there's one more week left. Um, a lot of business has been done, especially if you look at the Premier League, that's what we're going to focus on. From the teams that have just been promoted, they've been making lots of signings. When we're not seeing them for us. I think they've got 15-plus signings. Fulham have not been afraid to splash, splash the cash. Liverpool have spent. Everyone has spent. Looking at the fact that there's one more week to go and three game weeks, uh, three games played, um, just one more now for Liverpool and United till they get to number three. Do you think uh, of the big six um, from last season? Do you think any teams still need to make minor adjustments to improve their teams, or do you think uh, many of them should be happy and sign off and continue with the squad that they have? So literally, the only team who can be very happy with um, the state of that personnel right now is Manchester City. Um, I think so everybody else, to begin with, coming in, you come into the season, you are chasing Manchester City, meaning mm-hmm. you can't just stay pat on where you were the previous season and just expect that there'll be some growth internally within the team where you get closer to Man City. And then having then seen them at an Alvarez, seeing them and at a Kelvin Phillips and obviously um, Haaland up front, and who looks like he is, he's just going to continue where he left off um, previously in the Bundesliga as well as the Australian Austrian League and score goals in this league. So if they've improved and they've taken a step forward, um, everybody else needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool did sign Nunes, but when you focus in on a game like they had against Crystal Palace, um, you realise that they, they desperately need someone in midfield. Mm. If not a few people in midfield, you know, um, Fabinho, yes, is 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 cemented in there as um, a pivot. Thiago is oft injured, 
Um, yep. You don't know for a fact if you're going to get him for a stretch of 40 games unencumbered, you know. Mm. And then if your options are James Milner, yes, we know James Milner has been in this league since he was a teenager and he's, he's, he's a grown man now. He's spent almost 20 years playing in the Premier League. He comes with a lot of experience, but it, it's not game-changing ability that mm. he gives you. Um, and then your other option is Henderson. So... Naby Keita, as well, we're hearing is not happy with his his involvement in in, in in Liverpool right now, and he states he is healthy, but he's starting on on the bench when there are midfielders who are injured. But even if he's playing, they still need someone else. Um, I think similarly with, with with Spurs. Yes, Spurs have made some signings. They've added Perisic. They've added Richarlison. Um, they've added Basuma in the middle, but. I do think they need someone else in the middle who's a little more of a creative force. Yeah. Um, thinking about uh, someone similar to when they had a Dembele. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they haven't had a guy like that um, since he left. They tried that with Undombele and they paid like record fees for him, but then he's not worked out at Spurs. And right now, they've, they, they, they've got a Pentacle, they've got a Hoiberg, uh, but those are like, uh, workers. They're in the middle. And I'd shift to Chelsea and say something similar where mm-hmm. without Kovacic, who is... He's the guy who's able to go past other players. You know, he's not just a receive and give like what how Jorginho plays. Yeah. And not a fan of Jorginho um, in, in the middle. Of the, he's the one who's most present, you know. Mm. But I also think they need someone. They obviously need a striker, which is why you've heard the links to Aubameyang. Um, and I also think they... Because I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was looking at the business that they've been looking to conduct, just wanting to sign defenders, you mm. know. And... In, in facilitating Reese James not having to play as a right centre-back, I do think they need to add um, another defender, either that or add another right wing-back, a specialist right wing-back, who is going to deputise for, for James because they're a totally different team if he's not giving them that impetus as a wing-back. And then United. I know. <laughs> yeah, man. Um Ajax free Anthony, get him to United. Uh, Casemiro has signed. We'll, mm. uh, we'll talk more about that. But all around, Chuck, and it, it also looking outside of those traditional uh, big teams, I'm thinking about a West Ham and the start that they've made this season. Mm. They did bring in Skamaka, um, but he's not yet um, come to the party. He's not, he's not played all that much um, as yet. But similarly, in, 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 in the middle, they need more than Bowen, you know? Yeah. So there's, 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 there are some moves out there that these English teams still need to make. I think West Ham needs to sign bodies in midfield because if you look at, they play Ngabo Fornal, Zawalanzini, Ben Rama, and that's basically it. And they're a similar level. Yeah, yeah no, one, no one stands up and, and, and is like the star on the day or whatever. And I think then they, they have too many of the similar, similar, similar type of player in terms of Lanzini for now, same player, same player as Upen Rama. And then you've got Abo, Abo Suchek, who is a player at the back, but in terms of give, giving you a goal threat, it happened in, the, in his first season. Um, but after that, he slowed down a lot because they've changed the formation a bit. He doesn't need to go as advanced in, 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 his, in his play. But I think of, of the big six, many United need the most signings, I, I feel, because they, they need to fix a lot. Never mind what they look like at the end of last season. It's what they're still looking like now, um, that Ten Hag needs a lot of help. Otherwise, his, his vision or his ideas won't come to fruition with the players that he currently has. Um, I've got a name to put up for you, Jay, for Liverpool. I know we, we did say they need midfielders. I was thinking, would not a player like Rafael Leal be quite good for Liverpool in terms of he can uh, play good rotational uh, football in terms of being one of the three options up front? He can be their other Sadio Mane because Darwin Nunes 
dictates that they play a particular way, which means mm-hmm. Salah drops back a bit. Um, Luis Diaz still has that freedom, but I think they need to play like that sometimes because Jota's not fit, fit uh, often enough, and I think that that does hamper their their, their ability because when 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 the players have gone at Afcon. Jota stood up and he was performing. Now that they've got a red card, or maybe if, if Darwin should struggle, they don't have that backup because the guy's on the sidelines. I think that's one thing, I think an area of concern for me. Um, if I had to look at Chelsea, Chelsea need a proven goal scorer. Um, if I were to th- throw a name um, for, for Chelsea fans, I'd say if you want to go for Victor Simen from, from Napoli, you might find uh, a willing uh, counterpart going forward will give you a work rate or maybe if you want to do what Chelsea does in, is in terms of getting creative midfielders who will find the back of the net which, which is what they wanted to do with Havertz Memphis Depay is there I mean you can outspend uh, Juve and get him playing in the Champions League and I don't know if I trust Depay anymore um, I think so like he, nah I don't think I trust him at big teams what happened at his United his numbers were actually good at, at, Bar- at, Bar- at Barca but his performances, his performances tailed off towards mm. the end of the season. And when I, when I have seen him at, 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 at Barca, um, I haven't had the sense that, okay, he's going to lock down a spot here. You know, I thought um, that United move perhaps came a bit too early in his career and mm. he went to Lyon and he got himself right when he was there, which is what um, brought the interest from Barcelona. And then he did arrive at Barcelona and there were good performances, um, but... In, in, in terms of where Chelsea are, I would imagine Chelsea's ambitions still would be they're trying to get back to the very top mm. where they are trying to win the league. But even with them um, exploring an Aubameyang, for mm. example, I think Aubameyang would actually be good um, in, in, in that system because he's played under Tuchel, been successful under Tuchel, scoring goals. And what he does love to do is stick in the middle of the box, um, receive those crosses, which you would think would come from Reese James or Cucurella or a Ben Chow if he's playing on the left, and someone to just finish off the chances. Yeah. Uh, because someone like a Havertz, uh, he's he's not been good, but part part of that reason is that that system doesn't allow him for him to be good. He's not he's not a striker yeah. um, in the sense that Chelsea want to deploy him. And at the same time, you see that I I, I recall in the game against Spurs when. Um, James eventually did move to right wing back and he put in a, a scrumptious cross for him. And all he had to do to was just bottom, touch it. Yeah. And he, 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 he failed to do that. He missed the target. You know, like, okay, this guy doesn't have quite the instinct to do what is needed um, in, 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 in the Chelsea team. For example, so stats that uh, Romelu Lukaku has had eight assists in his last 16 games for Inter Milan. I think he hasn't had any in his last 65 games in the English Prem, which is what I was saying in terms of he was he was not deployed correctly at Chelsea. You know, Chelsea are looking for a particular type of player. Havertz probably is someone who would thrive as well at an Inter Milan where you are asked to come up with the ball or you are playing a little closer to the midfield. So. Mm. They, 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 they do need that, that, that goal poacher, but they also do need someone creative. When you mention Leal for Liverpool, I'm thinking Leal for, for, for Chelsea, Chelsea because I see what Sterling is doing where he, he's got a bit of a free role and he's, he gets to affect play much, much deeper as well. And when he collects it, he's able to eliminate some players. He had a, a goal ruled out for offside um, on the weekend, which was well taken, mm. you know, so... And I saw Liao again last night um, playing for AC Milan. And 
I don't know if I'd want to put him as as a as a rotation option at like at Liverpool. I think he's good enough to where he should be starting mm. um, in one of these teams. So he would be someone I'd be looking at at, at, at Chelsea. But they, they 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 need guys who have magic in their feet. Our Chelsea supporting friend, while we were watching the Newcastle Man City game, that humdinger of a game, he mentioned Saint Maximin. You mm. know, when you see a guy who's able to do that, like. Chelsea don't have those guys. They've got what I call like the, me- the mechanical type of players. Mm. The artists, the magicians are either not there. The ones that they have in the, ter- in the forms of Ziyech and Pulisic are, have just not come to the party. Which again has me looking at the coach and the system. It can't be that these players who in, in other locations looked silky. Mm. When they come to Chelsea, all of them are failing. The common denominator at some point must be the system. You know, yeah, and if he's going to insist on that system, um, then get guys who are able to play in that system. I think the defenders are shining at Chelsea. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of them cluttering up the same space up front in terms of maybe they want more width to carry the ball with and, and, and come in and cut in or whatever. But it's not happening for, for Chelsea's front men. If I were to throw a name for you, Jay, do you think it improves or doesn't improve Arsenal? Because uh, we were talking earlier on um, about um, Odegaard. And how really at this point in time there really isn't that stiff uh, enough uh, competition for him in terms of ousting him or putting uh, pressure behind, uh, sorry, pressure under his, his his seat in terms of performing and getting his game right. If I were to give you a Teo Hernandez from AC Milan, do you think he improves um, Arsenal? Do you think he's just another auxiliary player based on how you guys are currently? That's playing? another left back. Not Teo Hernandez. I mean, there's a, there's a number ten unless I'm getting his name wrong. He was finishing chances. He played this this week just now. Um, I mean, do the education, but but would you would you have someone to 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 with regards to the Arsenal midfield? Uh, there is there is a need. Yes, um, I think uh, as I've said before, like the blueprint in the EPL, as given to to the rest of us by Manchester City, is you need to be too deep in every position mm-hmm. and just as good with the with the next next guy up. So a an order guard for me, um, I I I want to see. see Sorry, I want to see him. Diaz, sorry, not Ten Hernandez, Brian Diaz. Oh, someone like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, I do want to see Kevin De Bruyne level of performances from Odegaard. Maybe if not quite there, because that's the best player. In by the way, um, our apologies to Kevin De Bruyne. If we ever thought, and if we ever entertained the idea that there was a better player in this in this division in this league than Kevin De Bruyne. We have seen the error of our ways, and he has reminded us that he is still very much firmly the best player in, in, in the Premier League. But those are the levels I want to see Odegaard push towards if Arsenal yeah. are going to take significant steps forward. And part of that is you need a guy behind him. You need a guy um, who he, he's constantly looking over his shoulder because he's the captain now. you mm. know. So there is a level of comfortability there that he's, he's going to play. But it, you can't just show up in spurts um i, I want to see you run the game you know mm-hmm. and the arsenal midfield does need more numbers Vieira is going to come into into this team we're going to see what he's made of but um there were the rumors of of of, of telemans throughout the summer so mm-hmm. even if not a telemans someone of that nature someone who who will hopefully oust granite shaka and I, I say that with a different tone um, recently than I have like in the past. It's not that Chaka is, is bad. You know, he's actually been better and better under Mikel Arteta. 
but I, I believe if you can get an upgrade on him and he is um, your, your cover, then you're in a very good place uh, if you have that guy playing next to Thomas Partey. So mm. Arsenal still do have needs um, in, in, in that midfield. Uh, it's been a great start, but I don't think now's the time to rest on um, their laurels. And Mikel Arteta said as much when he was asked that has this, the way that the team started, has it changed in any way what they think um, they, they, they might still want to do in the market? And he said no. Um, yeah. they, they had identified what they want to do and they still want to do it. And you want to hear that, that mm. you're not suddenly now blinded by, by three games, essentially, you know. So it's, 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 it, there are requirements all around um, within, within uh, that top six. And, and throughout, throughout um, the Premier League, even in Aston Villa, who I see now that the, the, the move for the Watford player has, has fallen through. Smile as well. mm. And they've made signings in midfield, Coutinho, they've made, they, they signed Bailey, they signed Coutinho, they signed Buendia, but it's not quite worked out. Mm. Um, and at some point, you, you, you're looking at their recruitment as well. It's like you are spending money, but you spent money for the previous manager and you fired him and you've got a new manager and you're going to be spending, you're looking to spend more money for him. It, it needs to pay off. You need to be getting closer um, to those um, European places. Yeah. So, yeah, Chuck. Um, I, I, I don't think there's, other than City, I don't think there's quite a team that can, be, that can say we're good where we're at. Yeah. Um, so, Man United have added, I'm forgetting now, Casemiro. Casemiro. Yes. Um, for me, it was out of the blue. I was not hearing the rumors. It just happened that, okay, it's something, and, and already was concrete, and then a few days later, it's secured. I think he does improve us. Um, I personally didn't, didn't have him top of mind in terms of players to get in. I will not complain because he is better than uh, McTominay, uh, McFred, McTominay and, and, and Fred put together. And I think um, the only way that you go forward is to get rid of the players who are not giving you what you want and get the players that you actually want. Because for, for, for so long, Jay, um, you and I were in the pits because um, our team just didn't stack up against City, against Chelsea, against Liverpool. Because we had players that when you look at on the team, she's like, ah, but now I have more of that than you have now. But I think... That's how you fix a team. I would, I would, I would actually think of players like Anthony because he's rumored. I actually want him over the line. I want Gakpo more because he costs less, looks more of a goal threat. I think he scored just over, uh, just under, sorry, double the number of goals that Anthony did in the same in the same time playing for PSV, who aren't the champions. So I mean, if he can still put out those numbers and is cheaper, I think if if you're tight for money, I'd sway that way because I do think that Anthony might come anywhere next summer should there be a delay. I don't know about Gakpo. Someone else might just snap him up. And I've been crying. I want Florian Grilich added to Man United because if Casemiro goes down, we're back to McFred. In the tough games, I like to have a double pivot. In the games where we don't need one, then I know that if, if Casemiro goes down, there's someone who is willing and able because what we have in Grealish is someone... Grealish, sorry. What we have in him is a player who's industrious, hard on the tackle, and he's a couple of years younger than Casemiro. So I, I want to be too deep as well, like Abayamantoana in good, good, good position. So... I think Man City did give us the blueprint in terms of if you want to contend, if you want to go deep, you want to go to the bench and have no effect on the, on the playing squad in terms of the quality or the level dropping. So we have a lot of work to do. Um, and so I hope, those, I hope those things come off. But I think if the transfer window had to end now, not too many teams would be happy. They still want to do a lot of business. Um, and that's Chelsea included. Um, that's Liverpool included. I don't know about Arsenal. Arsenal are flying. Um, but yeah, they might need a couple of bodies as well. Yes, they might. Um, the the signing of the signing of Casemiro was also surprising to me for that amount of money. That's his, a lot. I think it's too age, much for his age. 
And I, as a Real Madrid fan and having watched Real Madrid, um, I would have had great concern if I'm a United um, supporter having seen what the Real Madrid midfield overall looked like against Chelsea two, two Champions League campaigns ago mm. um, when Chelsea were just running through that midfield and there were no legs to keep up with them and Casemiro was one of those guys in there, mm-hmm. you know? And last season, yes, given in the Champions League final, he was brilliant. Um, but there was more help in the form of a, a, a Fredo Valverde was playing a lot more mm-hmm. in, in, in those games. You had then even um, the young Frenchman coming into the midfield coming to help thinner, out yeah. uh, as well. So if he, in the Premier League, where it is robust, where it is physical, where it is fast, if he is the last line of defense before you get to the defensive line, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm concerned because mm. when, when Real Madrid Chuck agreed to sell a player, you must, you must take a double, a double look at that. Mm. Think of the, a Morata. Club, yeah. You think of an Isco now. You think of when uh, Real Madrid let go of James Rodriguez. But, these, these, these players don't leave um, Real Madrid at their height and then continue or be better where we're, we're in the next destination. The only one would have been Ronaldo when he went to Juventus, but Ronaldo's Ronaldo, you yeah. know? There's a few in terms of maybe Di Maria, you could argue, also you could argue, but largely... But largely, true. yeah. So it, I, 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 would, I, would, I would be cautious in terms of what he's, he's going to give United because similar thing with Varane. Like um, I saw Manchester City rinse Varane mm. when knocking Real Madrid out of um, the Champions League in 2020. And he looked to me like, okay, uh, his, his time at the very top might actually have come to an end. And we, we, he was not impressive at all last season um, for Manchester United. We'll see if perhaps he needed uh, to get his English legs under him or if indeed his best years are behind him. But yeah, man, United, United actually technically have the Real Madrid spine now because uh, other than a, a, yes. a fax machine mix-up, <laughs> you would have had... A, a De Gea playing for Real Madrid, being part of those treble winning teams. So you've got a De Gea now, you've got Casemiro, um, you've, you've, you've got Varane, you've got Ronaldo. So, Look, I think with um, to wrap up the United stuff, I think it's it's really the best of a panic buy. Um, it's the best name we were able to, to, to get from the panic buy because I think I don't think Tenag had Casemiro in mind going into the season that this is what we're gonna this is who we're gonna buy for sixty million. That's a lot. So I think in terms of the results against Brentford and Brighton, this is where we are. He has to deliver. Oh yeah, for that amount of money and for what you guys have been crying out for and in I think that position, he, he he might compound the pressure on Ten Hag because it's like we spent sixty, wasn't working, and it's like well, it might it might not have been my first choice, but he's a Real Madrid star, Champions League winner, he's got a double in his bag, and he's just come to the league, so. It's a, it's a very important uh, position if you, if you think about that. He's not protecting any... Sorry, he can't be protected by anyone. He's the one doing the protecting. The you know, so let's hope it works out. I mean, but I think if the system works, we'll be fine. But if we're struggling with the system, he may struggle as well. And it might be long days yet, but let's be optimistic. Let's see how that goes. Um, moving on to another team, Chelsea. They got romped 3-0 at Ellen Road um, over the weekend. And curiously... Um, the Chelsea coach had this to say. He said that everything that can go wrong did go wrong. Uh, and he says it started yesterday. We had no plane arrive. So we, as the coaching staff, had to use the bus. The players uh, flew, but we had to use um, the bus. And then he said it continued into the match where they lost the game in the first 20 minutes, uh, where they were clearly the better team. 
more excuses from Tuchel. Do you agree with him that that was an anomaly in terms of the results and they were actually the better team? I think in Thomas Tuchel's mind, they are the best team unless the ref says otherwise. Um, in a game where they were clearly beaten, had their own errors all over the pitch. If not Mendy, it's Koulibaly. Sterling is missing sitters and when he does hit the back of the net, it's offside. They struggle without having Um. Jorginho and Kante in the centre. There was just a, a, a plethora of problems that were plaguing each other. Yes, they played fo- good football when they could, but at least gave them, gave them problems the entire day. So I don't agree with that statement. Um, thanks for the backstory in terms of how you got to the stadium, but what does that have to do with anything, Reid? Really? Does it put you off that much? I mean, you've got five subs to select. You've got a 50-50 chance in this game at least, um, and you can prepare better. You can I mean, not get Kulibali exposed so often um, for pace. And so, nah, I don't buy it, man. I think they just wanted to win so bad because they were robbed last week. It didn't happen this week because you want to be as close to the top as possible, as early as you can. And so with them dropping points and, and going further back, he's clearly not happy. And Thomas Tuchel will run his mouth and say whatever he likes because he doesn't like losing. So, don't agree. Chuck, having started with a close victory against Everton, who are not a very good side mm-hmm. right now, and then the draw at home against Spurs when they looked like they were about to win it until the very last minute. And then now, following it up with this thrashing, are you concerned for where this team is? Um, what, what do you project is, is where, realistically, their fans should expect them to finish? It's very interesting because you heard him complain before the start of the campaign that when he played um, Arsenal and they got thrashed, he saw a desire, mentality or other focus that was within the, in the Arsenal camp that wasn't amongst his own boys. Mm. When, he saw, when he looked at his own boys, he said, we're not ready for the season. But when they play against Everton and they get over the line, you're like, okay, the acquisition of Koulibaly made sense. Sterling um, played uh, a good game. They looked solid enough, right? They play against Tottenham, who were supposed to break into the top four or were supposed to cause a shake-up, and they dealt with them pretty well in terms of nullifying their attack in terms of just leaving them to just fight off for scraps in terms of what they could do to hurt Chelsea, which, which with the help of the referee, they did manage to get a point. When they come into this game, you're like, okay, momentum should be on your side. And you're like, this is what T- Thomas Tuchel was talking about. At times, you guys switch off. You guys don't uh, 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 read the game in, in key moments when you should. I mean, fine, the game is at 2-0. Kulibali, uh, the guy who we say was solid, is missing a header at the front post. The ball gets um, defla- uh, get headed back to um, Harrison, who's mistaken, and he finishes. And you're like, guys, you, you should be dealing with this all day. If, if, if what Chelsea do very, very well, better than most in the league, is defend. And if they ship in three goals by game, game, game number three, ship two goals in game number two, and were almost beaten uh, against uh, Everton, and you're like, yeah, I see what the, where the problems are. So it is worrying in terms of, I thought he was just playing mind games, but I see what he was talking about before the season started. And it is worrying. I, I, I was thinking to myself that Spurs would have a harder time cracking into the top four because you need a lot more than what I initially thought to get into that group. But I think it's going to be Thomas Tuchel on the outside looking in now. Um, mm. He now joins the, 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 the group of Man United. I think now you have to bump Arsenal up in terms of people who are most likely... I mean, yes, the season is long, but so far it started well and you have to be more optimistic about... Arsenal's chances than you are about Chelsea's chances so there's a lot to do I mean if also you look at the fact that they can't score goals no one on that team and Broha doesn't even get enough game time can unlock uh, the defence to score, score a goal so right now they should be looking to fix, cement, find a plan and see how do they hit the back of the, the net because I think it is 
little of a worry at this point. Without the goals, mm. that team is supposed to be built like the 0405 Mourinho team where they're only conceding 15 goals. Because that's the only way they're going to have a chance um, mm. in winning a majority of games. And that Mourinho team had a goal-scoring midfielder in Frank Lampard. Um, yes, Drogba had not yet become the prolific goal-scorer, mm. but they did have goals, you know? Yeah. Whereas you you watch Chelsea, and I was thinking to myself that they, their best attacker well, up to the season has been Mount, and he's not looking very dangerous right now. Mm. Um, Sterling is looking most likely, but he is a, a, a one-man... Um, army um, uh, trying trying to part the Red Seas every single time he gets the ball, which is just not going to happen. Um, as touched on in the previous segment, like Havertz is not a striker. He's not an out-and-out goal scorer. Mm. So where are the goals coming from? Where they came from last season were, was from the defenders. Um, before he was transferred out, you had Zuma mm. contributing with goals. You had Reese James and Ben Chilwell also yeah, then, from time to time, mm. and then they went down with injury, and it's it's I'm concerned for Chelsea. I am concerned for Chelsea because, as much as it is so impressive how versatile Reese James is, and that he can play right wing back and he can switch to right centre back, where we saw him pockets on pretty much against uh, against Spurs, didn't have as good a time against Rodrigo um, in, in in the Leeds game, but. I think I think him being able to do that is should not be an invitation for Thomas Tuchel to use him like that, because you lose out on so much if mm. he's he's the right centre back. Loftus Cheek is not a right wing back, and no. no one else actually in that Chelsea team is able to even come near the levels of uh, Reese James in, in in that right wing back spot, which is as as we know from Thomas Tuchel is is an attacking position mm. with his wing backs. Because even with Cucurella, right, Cucurella does not yet look like a goal threat. Um, he does not actually yet look as good as what Chilwell did before he went down with injury, injury uh, last season. He, he had his creative fulcrum being those uh, wingbacks. And if one of them is not yet fully fit and the other one, you can't just deploy him in his preferred position because you, you, you are missing some defenders trying to get a defender in or trying to get a, 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 a Trevor to come back from injury. Then you kind of stuck with a team where it feels like he does not know then <clears throat> where to go from here. Yeah. He played Gallagher yesterday, but he played Gallagher uh, as, as a pivot. And Gallagher doesn't look like he's a pivot because... At Crystal Palace, he was he he was an eight. You mm. know, he was a roaming eight, and that's that's where he looked most dangerous because he was also contributing with the goals at some point. He was also contributing um, with with assists, and he's putting in a, a, a tackle in the middle of the park. But because the Chelsea positions in that system are so rigid, he has to play one of two positions: either where Jorginho plays. Or Kovacic or Kante, Kante being out with injury, Kovacic being out with injury, so he's deputizing for them. But he's not quite either of them. Mm. So now that he can't give you that, what do you do? You know, where do you where do you go from here? Because later on in that game when they're trailing, he goes to a back four. When they're a back four, they look like they don't they don't train as a back four. They actually look at sixes and sevens. They look lost at sea. That last goal came when there was four of them at the back. You see them pushing up, and now um, Akulibali, who was who was playing as the left centre back, now he's towards the right mm. in the back four, and it's 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 just discombobulated. And I'm I'm looking at the coach. I'm like, what's the plan here? 
I think my worry, and, and I know a lot of people explain it, that Thomas Tuchel is seeing the wing-backs as, 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 as weapons. But for me, I was thinking, if so many of your goals are coming from the defense, what are the, what are the strikers doing? What are, what are the midfield players doing? Because now, if the goals dry up from midfield, from sorry, from, def- from defense, which for me they should, because your offensive players should be bagging the most of them, what do you do? And what he's done is he's changed up his defense and he's lost goals but gained stability. And when you look at the Chelsea makeup right now, Loftus-Cheek wasn't a regular. He's in the team now. Cucurella is a new acquisition. He's in the team. Koulibaly is a new acquisition in the team. Gallagher hasn't played this kind of football for Palace. That's not what Vieira asked him to do. And so it's just new combinations and Sterling in there. And you're like, okay, the back is set. We get that. Um, unfortunately, against Leeds, it wasn't uh, very stable. But how are you guys unlocking teams? Because you're chopping and changing. I mean, if Loftus-Cheek... Because we know him to be very, a very good eight. If he somehow got to his game to be of, of tip-top shape in that position where he's most comfortable, use him there, make him a weapon. Allow Rich James to bomb down the wing because, I mean, after Trent, he's probably the best crosser of the ball. You don't want to take that weapon away from him. Bring Chilwell back into the side. Let Cucurella chill a bit and let, let, let those weapons work. I mean, if they are fit, use them. But if you're changing too many players here and there, I mean, some are enforced because of injury with uh, uh, Kovacic and, and uh, N'Golo Kante. But... I think he's just done too much in terms of tinkering. And it's not a system that you can just easily jump into and learn and just uh, hit the ground running. You have to learn the Tuchel way of, of football because that's how when he started, he, his team looked tentative. They were hard to beat. But as time went, then they jailed together and become better. Um, then ran, ran on to, to get the, the Champions League. But I think he's done too much tinkering, I think, at this point in time. He has to take a step back, reestablish the regulars, and then build from there. So... I'm, I'm, I'm just as worried as you because who is scoring the goals at Chelsea? I, I don't see where they're going to come from. Same problem as last season. That's the question because even when you do go down into the bench, um, Callum, Callum Hassan odoi can't even get into this team, which he should be concerned about um, mm. looking at himself that at the current state that Chelsea are in, he, he can't play. You have Pulisic, who you know, I, 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 at this point, I'm going to say I loved him because yeah, not much to have the seen. version of Captain America that we are seeing, um, we heard United might actually be interested in him, which would be intriguing. Mm. But he comes onto the pitch as well, and he, he does not look like the guy I thought would be the second coming of Eden Hazard, you know? Mm. Same thing with with the habits. Um, Werner's gone back gone back to Germany now. Um, Ziyech is struggling. Ziyech well. is, is is struggling as well. This is not the guy we saw in that magical um, Champions League run with, with Ajax. And when you have so many guys who have previously looked good, but don't look as good now, and they're all in the same team. Again, you're looking at the coach, you know, in terms of these guys and their strength. How do you maximize that? Because it feels as if here's the blueprint. You are either going to fit into it or you won't, which is what I was, which is what I was saying about Lukaku when we Mm. were having the back and forth about Lukaku. It's like, you need to know what the strength of the player is, and then you need to utilize him to the best of his ability. Yes, of course, on some level, he must conform to how we play, to what we, we, we want to do. But if every single time you're doing this with these players and for, for the most part, it actually does not suit these players, maybe you should revisit um, your own philosophies um, as a coach in order to move this team forward because they are probably going to bring in a Fofana. Right. Mm. And okay, that for me then will release Reese James from playing as one of those three centre backs to continuously being as a, a wing back. But the problem with that is if he's continuously playing as a wing back, Tuchel is concerned about um, his longevity 
mm. which is why sometimes if he's going to have him on the pitch he has him as a right center back because he can get active rest when he when he's there so it's 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 the investment in the defenders like okay you might get that stable but then what because mm. same thing with the goalkeeper I don't think Mendy is necessarily um, like uh, like the city keeper, you know, ball playing keeper, in, yeah. a, a ball playing keeper. Because we saw this against Real Madrid. This is how Real Madrid scored one of their goals, and you could say why Chelsea didn't progress past that tie. And he does it again. And I I, I wonder to myself when he sees the pressure coming, why does he not just like knock it long? I I, I can't help but think to myself, he is thinking. I am always supposed to do a certain thing in this position. I am supposed to play out. I am supposed to look for um, a, a, a teammate because this is how we are coached. As I'm saying, they they really feel just very regimented, where there isn't there isn't space to be creative or there isn't space to play the game that is in front of you. It's a this is this is the plan. We stick with the plan no matter what, and for the most part, that works. You know, it works for Manchester City, it works for Liverpool. If you are that good, you absolutely have no reason to change for anyone. But in situations like you saw yesterday, or where teams are, are figuring how to play against Chelsea, then there needs to be another plan. There needs to be a plan B or plan C because otherwise, what it looks like is that they 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 moving backwards rather than getting closer to that Liverpool um, Manchester City echelon. I think then the addition of Aubameyang, should they get him, will be very interesting because, as you've said, he's focused a lot on his defense, hasn't really solved his, his, his problems in terms of the strikers or the forwards because Werner's finding, finding the back of the net in, in back in uh, Germany. Um, um, Lukaku's found the back of the net as well for, for Inter Milan. So you're like, okay, those guys seemingly back to back to type for them. They're when you leave Chelsea, well. you thrive. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it does pose questions um, because you, you, you can't go into the season without having sorted that one out because you are going to, you're going to, so you're going to be left behind by the boys who figured it out because City, except for the blip against Newcastle, because that was a hell of a game, it was crazy open, but they seem to be on track. Arsenal seem to be on track. You assume that at some point things will click for Liverpool as well. And you don't want to be fighting for fourth. You want to be well in the race. So I think if he doesn't fix things now, it just might crumble because there are a lot of unhappy players as well. Pulisic wants to go, Ziyech wants to go. It's, it's, it's a crazy place right now. In two cool should they trust? You know Still. what? I answered this um, last week and I said they should. Um, I think they should, man. Look, they, there's, there's, there's issues here and there. And I think with two hole, I think they are clear. Um, issues for me. I don't think it's a, it's, a, it's a thing where he's tried all combinations, doesn't know what isn't working, what's broken. I think it's clear in terms of, of who to play out, out wide, who to integrate, who can and who can't do what, and get help ASAP. I think you should play Broha. Just trust Broha, give him game time, get that striker if you're able to get a Bamayang, and then work from there. Um, look, I think as far as at the back, they're solid, they're good. Don't tinker, don't touch. Look at your midfield, look how to maximize Zia. Get if you get 10 games that are good from Ziyech, 10 from Pulisic, 10 from Mount, you're cooking. You're, you're back to where you were last season. But if you don't sort that out, it's only going to be downhill. I think it's unfortunate with the injuries to Kovacic and Kante because for me, they are very clearly um, the best two midfielders uh, that they have. The way that Kovacic is able to carry the ball and he's able to progress it and the way that Kante, when he's fit... Um, he's he's all over the field. He's still nicking balls off of opponents, and he's also part actually of like the, the creative play when when they give, when they go forward. 
they are unlucky in that sense that those those two guys are both missing at the same time. Yeah. I I would also say that Ntuko they should still trust. He is still um, a, a European champion from not so long ago, and lest we forget, I think what maybe we we we, we might consider with the Chelsea team he inherited is that they had spent a lot of money. They had, mm. they they had splurged two hundred million plus in in that summer coming into the season before Frank got fired and he got hired, but he was not consulted on those players, you know? And if he's looking at the team and he's suggesting that it needs a total overhaul, perhaps Chelsea are in a rebuilding phase where they do need to get out those faces that they they, they were bringing in thinking that this was going to be their core for the next uh, run at, at, at Premier League dominance mm. and bring in players who, because we, we sit here and saying, well, these players that are there are not shining and we're looking at the coach. Maybe the coach is looking at them as well and said, I, I can't work with these tools. Um, I need different tools in my toolbox. Mm. Where with the new owner who's come in, um, there's, they, they sit down and he's, he's charted out a, a plan. And the players who are going to help him um, fulfill that plan. So perhaps that's where Chelsea are. Because when, 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 when they, if they do pull the trigger and do sign Fofana for 80 million or whatever the case may be, they would have spent another 200 million plus um, yeah. this, this, this off season. And still, we think that would not be enough because you still need to address from the midfield going forward, which is something that he probably thinks as well and would need to do over the next coming windows. So in him, they should still trust. And it looks like that will happen. He should have still the backing of uh, the ownership. I think if some of the moves weren't hijacked by Barcelona, maybe they look a completely different side. If you add a Rafinha... Um, one to who was one to Jules Koundé as well. I don't know if there's another signing that they wanted that and didn't. Koundé might not be registered if he's not registered before Friday or no before the end of the month. I think he becomes a free agent. So who knows? They might get him for free. They just might. So I think maybe taking that into consideration that if he gets more of what he had planned to get this window and there are no Barcelona hijackings, maybe they look a different side and they are more Perhaps. offensive and they are they are more players who can take on his ideas, but. Right now, you need to think, consider um, how to get out, get out this hole and not stay there for too long. But let's see what happens with this campaign. But there is a team who has turned things around dramatically. This time last year, you were at the very bottom of the log. Um, just like uh, I do occupied now in, this, in the name of Manchester United. This time our bottom of the log. Oh, yes, yes. Right we, we've come up <laughs> without having played a game. That's how good we are. The energy and the vibe and the, the, the team is so good. But when this comes out, though, Liverpool would have thrashed you, so you'd be back. Uh, no, we're talking about how, as things stand right now. Um, you were three games played, no goals scored, minus nine goal difference, fighting relegation. And here you are in the complete opposite. Three games played, three games won. The only team in the league with a perfect record. How does it feel to be a gunner? There's only God above us now. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> you know what, Chuck? It, it's, it feels good. Um, Arsenal's first seven or so games on paper mm. are all very winnable games. I don't think they'll win all those games. But that start is important when you consider the start that Arsenal had last season. And, and to be fair to Arsenal... We were missing players through COVID. Um, and as soon as we got those players back, then the season turned around. Because from game number four all the way to the end of the season, Arsenal finished with the third best form in in, uh, in the league, you know. So 
I was looking at at the points total, finishing with sixty nine. Now Arsenal having started with nine, if they go on from here and just match what they did last season, they will finish with seventy eight points, which has been enough in every one but one season in the last thirteen seasons to give you third place. So, looking like a team that may put eighty points on the board, and that is that is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 a jump. May do. You know, um, I I have major trust issues with Arsenal because I've 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 watched Arsenal too too many times. They have have good runs, even like get be at the top of the table in December, and then watch it crumble. You know, um, but it's it's early. But what you are what you are seeing now at this early stage is is encouraging, and what 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 should be even more encouraging is that you're not yet even seeing some of the players that you are looking to to be your talisman mm. having their best form Saka's not yet um hit hit his straps you know um i've i've said about Odegaard he needs to be world class a little bit more consistent worthy of the armband as well yeah exactly so um you you're excited about how Saliba's looking like um having entered as a new as a new signing essentially in in, in this team you are very excited with Gabriel Jesus, uh, who is proving that he is actually in number nine. Mm. He's going to get you the goals, and he's going to be pressing, and he's going to be dropping back deep and hopping out in, in defense as well. And he's been appointed one of the captains, and he's, he's, the energy that he's poured into the team is infectious. Um, you see his combinations with Martinelli. Martinelli looks like he's developing. He looks like he's enjoying his game next to his fellow Brazilian. And and you have a Vieira who's still to come. Don't know what he's gonna look like. Uh, maybe he's a dud, you know, or maybe he's 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 something special coming from the same Porto team as Luis Diaz of Liverpool. So it's it's exciting times. I think if you're an Arsenal fan, you've got reason to be excited. Don't get overly excited because it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> but it's the hope that also exhilarates, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and 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 you know how I felt about Mikel Arteta, not not the biggest fan. Mm. And the jury is still out for me um, at this point, though. Willing, very much willing to give him time to grow with this team. And I I, I parallel that to what is happening at Manchester United, where between Arteta and Edu, they seem to have taken they took a very strict stance that we need to get rid of people mm. and then add mm. our own faces uh, even if that means we have guys who are still on contract and people are not offering the kind of money that we would like for them uh, because people know that you want to get rid of these guys so your leverage is compromised it's fine we will come to the negotiation table and tear up the contract and you can move on for free and just 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 be out of this project because you're not part of it moving forward so we can get in the guys that we, we want to move forward with mm. so it's it's the process is is ongoing um and it's it's taking shape look when when Arsenal were making moves um they got a Teta and Teta was signing these young guys and he was like we're rebuilding they'll come good and they'll mature together it seemed like a long way off um, and you guys were getting beaten and it didn't seem like it was working. Eventually, it was clicking here and there. There was the star boy performing. Smith Rowe put his hand up and all of a sudden we're like, okay, Thomas Party could change. didn't really work out that well. Odegaard was, was growing into his role. Um, he had a lot of potential, um, but not really realizing Arsenal shirt. 
it's not it's not by accident that you guys are here because for me when i look at the makeup of the team when you guys went to the into the transfer window you, you it was clear what you guys needed mm. it wasn't let us try this player we want to play in this elk we want to play who's going to give us this and that and as you've said you've done away with all the rotten apples all the players who are uh, uh surplus to requirements and you now have a core of players i mean we we probably were saying that uh, Saliba was long overdue. He was supposed to be in the team a long time ago. He's coming to the team. He's ripe. He's ready. He's good to go. Um, what does what does this say about about patience in football? It, it can be had. It can be done, right? If if you if you've got the right pieces, because you and I not too long ago we said we were in the same boat. I, we are no longer in the same boat because I'm still panic buying. I'm still with Phil Jones and players who I think are not adding in, um, to to Man United, but rather are pulling us down in terms of a level of quality. What do you think? Do you, do you, do you think that the, the football fan can be patient and find truth in the end? I mean, we're only three games in, but stuff has turned around. Famously, my nephew always accuses me of um, jumping off the boat too early with young players, and mm. he's right. And I think I fall into that trap as most football fans do, where you want success right now. You know, you, you it must be microwave. Uh, you look at Manchester City; it didn't take them long mm. to when they started winning championships. Even in the season that Pep came in, finished fourth, I believe. But then the next season was putting up a hundred points um, mm. on the board. You know. And that's not always going to happen. That is an anomaly more than it is like the rule. But the most, the most successful teams do have consistency. Um, mm -hmm. they, they have a, 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 a core of players who've played together for a long time. They tend to have a coach who's been implementing his ideas and his blueprint on them for just as long a time. So the players and the system are married and the two are one and it, 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 it's a well-oiled machine. To begin with, though, um, there, are, there, there are growing pains, you mm -hmm. know. So, yeah, fans fans do need to be uh, a, a little more patient. But you don't just want to be patient for the sake of being patient. You want to have a sense that you you can see something. Mm -hmm. For example, when 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 Oli was 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 coaching Manchester United, you never quite got a sense like what is his plan. Is like you fa you famously said like what the unbeaten away streak you don't know how that happened mm. i don't know how that happened either you know mm. whereas manchester city have their own streak going on i can see how that is happening so you wanna you wanna get a sense that okay something is happening something is being implemented players are being brought in players are moving out um these players are adjusting to a new system or a new position um so a few years ago, for example, would have never seen what what is happening with with, with Son and Kane and how they've, they've they've changed positions. Basically, now you go into a Spurs match, you expect that Son is the one who's, who's playing up ahead and Kane is the one who's the provider. You know, mm. but these things take some time for them to actually uh, come to fruition in a in a manner in which you like. Okay, this is working. Mm. So there is there is patience um, that is required, um, and and it does pay off. I'm going to ask you about Oateta because here's a pattern I've made, not necessarily saying it's perfect to the T, but upon assumption and just throwing it out there. Thomas Tuchel is building a side in Chelsea that is hard to break down defensively. They can pack the bus if they need to, um, and they don't score too many, but when they do, they play good and efficient football, hard to play against anyone. I think he looks like a Mourinho. Slightly different, but like a Mourinho. 
Ten Hag wants to bring the swashbuckling way, attack, attack, beautiful football, flowing football, one touch. Could look like Prime Ferguson. Do you think there is a similarity with what Arteta is trying to build to what were the heydays of Arsenal under Arsene Wenger with that panache, with that good football and stuff like that? Do you think he can mirror that? Or do you think that's not really necessary for this team to do, to do well? I'm going to tell you to begin with that those were not the heydays. Um, well, maybe when you get around like the Invincible um, season, because... Because Wenger was at Arsenal for so long and the teams of his that are remembered now mostly are the teams, I'd say from late 2000s into the, into the 2010s. The Fabregas. Your Fabregas's, your Nasri's um, and, 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 and those players who were at poor man's Barcelona mm. um, when Pep was at Barcelona, you know. And famously, one of Arsenal's most famous nights was when they beat Barcelona 2-1 at the Emirates in the Champions League before being knocked out in that tie the the dominant or the very successful Wenger sides were the ones which had men the in, in, the, in, yeah. in those teams you had your Petite you had your Keons yeah. you, you, you had your Adams you had your Seaman you know mm. these were guys who uh, were coming in um, from um, Graham's era where 1-0 to the Arsenal was a thing because Arsenal would score one goal and would shut up shop and you could not penetrate that defense. You're Steve Bulls of this world. So when when those guys moved away, which were not Wenger's players, and he then tried to retool the defense, he never got around to actually making them a solid side. So very beautiful on the eye, mm. but not built to actually win because can you do it on a cold night, on a rainy night in Stoke? Is, is mainly mm. because of the fact that you saw Arsenal go to places like Bolton, go to places like Stoke, and struggle good. because mm. they were they were soft and, and, and had soft bellies, you know. So in terms of style, though, like there's no one better than Wenger. Mm. Uh, Wenger Wenger could coach corporate football like nobody else. So that is something that Arteta is trying to bring across, also being a, a student of Pep Guardiola, you know. Mm. And there's a lot of what Pep does at Manchester City, as you see Arteta um, trying to implement at, at at Arsenal. You see when Ben White is playing. As, as, a, as a right back, he's going into midfield quite a lot. Zinchenko as well is going into midfield quite a lot, like um, Pep's inverted uh, fullbacks. The only difference then you see with Jesus, he's revived. That's, that's an Arsenal, Arsene Wenger with Thierry Henry, where he transformed him from a winger into a, into a striker, where Jesus, as he says, he'd forgotten, actually. Mm. He'd lost his confidence as a number nine because of the disaster he had at the World Cup to mm. begin with. And then at Manchester City, never being given a run or trusted with that number nine position after Aguero went down and they had nobody but him actually as a striker. Because even when we signed him, I thought he was going to be playing on, on, on the left, you know, on one of the wings. And Arsenal would bring in another striker to play through the middle. But you see him now and he says of himself that this is actually his position and this is what he wants to play. He wants to play the position of the number on his back. And Arteta signed him with that intent, with wanting to give him the confidence that you are going to be the guy who's leading the line. And he's doing that. And so that is Wenger-like when I, when I compare it to that situation with, with, with Thierry Henry. But there is, there is a recognition as well that, you, that there must be pragmatism. Um, you, you don't... I say you don't win this league without much of it, but I'm looking at Manchester City. But Pep and Manchester City together are just a juggernaut. You know, mm -hmm. it's very hard to replicate that. But 
Ateta, Ateta now with 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 have, having gotten rid of the players he did not want in the team and getting his team, he he looks he looks like he's 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 gonna make a lot of noise um, with these boys. One thing Arteta has done is clearly broken away from the mold of being likened to Frank Lampard, Ole Gunnar. He's now on his own in terms of the new up-and-coming managers. Both Steve and Gerrard are struggling because it's not uh, in the Scottish League. But all done to Arsenal so far, if there's any encouragement from this story is that being number 19 as, as, as of present, without any goals scored, without any points to my name, there is still yet light at the end of the tunnel, but we need to be ruthless just like Arsenal because if we don't do that, I mean, when we were speaking years ago, we were like, okay, we're in the same boat, but I'm a little bit ahead because I've got money to spend. Um, but better days, I hope, are coming soon. Um, we will see. We will see. Chuck, before we get out of here, I actually wanted to ask you, did you, did you, <laughs> did you see the Anthony Joshua rant after the fight? No, I saw bits and pieces of it uh, about him cheering, um, making the crowd cheer, and how he worked hard and he didn't beat him because and he, he was, was skilled mad. or it was walking out the ring throwing. I don't know, man. That's such a weird. It was such a weird thing. He says though in his in his comments, um, I, I think maybe this morning, mm. that he 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 his emotions got the better of him and he let them run wild because at some point he had the Ukrainian flag, which was kudos to him, um, in, in supporting Usyk and his countrymen. And there's a point where Usyk was trying to get the flag from him and he's shutting him down and saying, hey, I want to speak. And it's like, I'm not trying to go for the mic, you know? Yeah. It was, for me, it was a sad sight, if, I, if, I, if I'm being very honest. Like, I, I did not want to see him go down like that in a, on, a, on a public platform because even just in the fight, he, he was very clearly uh, the, like the inferior fighter. Yep. And it was not a good night for, for the Niger boys because another one got put to sleep. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, at least with Kamaru Usman, you didn't see it coming because apart from that late knockout, he was winning the fight. He was going to win on, on, on majority um, decision. But with Anthony Joshua, Jay, I think when it came to Usyk, um, he didn't have the tools. He just didn't have it. I don't think he had the heart as well to take one to, in order to give him something because he was just too pragmatic, too cautioned. And I thought to myself as the fight was going on, this is round number eight, try something wild, try something a little crazy that if it doesn't work, you can He adjust. tried with the body shots. Um, yeah. in, in round eight and then setting him up for round nine, it, looks like, it looked like he was coming back on top. But that man, Usyk, he comes back in round 10 as if like nothing just happened Bounce to make you his toes, think to left and right. You know when I was watching the fight, you know what I thought, like, you know in movies where you see the guy who's, 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 who's a boxer, in a fight with a guy who's just a regular old guy and they're just bouncing around and he's just slapping him on the side of the head it it looked like that that Usyk's movement is it's like he's very much like Lomachenko in terms of like the matrix you cannot touch his head you have to try to go for his body he it's tried no to do that since that they're countrymen that they're friends as well you must Bro, have learned a few things from like Loma. even 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 the hands chuck when when with with with, with his uh south post dance and because initially he was not throwing like the left jab and then eventually he was and i was looking at this like joshua has no answers for this guy None like whatsoever. and there's nothing he's going to get from the corner as well and the thing about with joshua he wanted to land power punches and they were telegraphed whenever he sets it up he didn't have any punches to to didn't fa he didn't faint and have any punches to set up bigger blows so whenever he's coming in Usyk sees him coming from a mile away, and so he comes, tries to do whatever he does. It's, it was slow, it was predictable. It was like Joshua, do something out of the blue. Do, you know what I mean? And the earlier you do it, the more you can learn from the opponent what then to do to try counter that. But if you're going to do that in round number ten, 
He only have 11 and 12 to capitalize. So. Do you still want to see him fight uh, Fury or Wilder? Yeah, not, not at this point. Has that uh, ship sailed? No, nah, I think it's sailed. I, I, I used to think he was at that level. I don't think so anymore. Mm. Maybe with Wilder, just because we want to see it, but Wilder will probably put him to sleep. Um, look, Usyk is supposed and to his be... his chin is not very strong. Usyk started at cruiserweight, Jay. Moved all the way up and he's outboxing this bigger guy. And the, st- the idea was that in the second fight, use your body more, use your power, use the, the physical gifts that you have over the smaller Physically guy. dominate him, yeah. It doesn't happen. So. I want to see Usyk with um, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury was <laughs> recorded himself saying that he'd beat them both on the same night. <laughs> so I, I'd love to see the Gypsy King going up uh, against Usyk. I think that might be an intriguing fight, mm. you know. And we, it's about time we saw Tyson Fury get an actual... Uh, an actual yeah. opponent who might give him some trouble. You know what I think though about both fights is uh, both fights that would be Wild against Fury and Usyk against Joshua. Boxing is me- messed up. I think if you get beat by Usyk, go practice this new style against someone else. Don't go against the very best Same and guy. think you're gonna crack it the first time. Get your teething problems out the way. Get your your technique perfected, and then go after after that guy. But with the rematch clauses, the money involved, I see why they do it immediately. But you because never, you're never gonna get better. He he came back and won against Ruiz, mm. right? But then that's because Ruiz stopped taking care of himself. He won the belt and he let it go to his head and to his waist. And so Joshua had help in that mm-hmm. regard, but where the other guy was just as focused coming back into that fight, and he had seen him now. Yeah. So and he was he also uh, one of the commentators mentioned it's uh, very much like um, the, the the Canelo and, and Golovkin fight when he's had a taste of Golovkin's power, mm. he's not as tentative. Mm. He can dictate um, the pace more. So. Yeah, man, I, I, it's, it's, it's sad how it's gone down with, with Joshua because he was billed as the next mega star of boxing. He's got the looks. He's, he's from England. Yeah, I think it's a bit too much all too quickly. I mean, fight the minnows, fight the bear guys, pad up your, your stats, get your momentum back, get your confidence back. That whole idea that if he beats me and I'm hungry enough, I'll, I'll come again and, and get, take it from him. You're not close to first fight. How are you, how are you going to make 10 leaps ahead if you want to do it in the instant rematch? So... Everybody loves a comeback story, though, so it'd be it'd be great to see him perhaps come back. And for this comeback episode of To A Front, we want to say thank you for listening in. Thank you for watching. Um, please do subscribe, like, and comment on the videos on YouTube if you aren't already. If you are not following us on Spotify, Iono, or Apple Podcasts, we are there, and you can find us on social media at To A Front Pod. I'm at J underscore Zulu. Chuck is at Chuck To Up from J. I'm Audi. All right, guys, hit us up on those platforms. Let us know what you think your team still needs in the transfer windows. The last week of the transfer window, who would you think uh, your team needs to get ASAP before the window closes? Chelsea and their woes got beaten 3-0 by Leeds. Uh, the defensive issues, the lack of goals up front. How do you think they can fix that? And should they even be worried? Arsenal riding high. How long do you think they ride the crest of the wave? And where do you see them finally end up? Because things are looking pretty for Arsenal. Just under God. This season. (laughs) (laughs) This is Chuck, and we out.